Hey, do you enjoy Geeks of Grimdark? Do you wish we produced more Warhammer content? Well, check out our ongoing series with this week's sponsor, Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Axel and I have a reoccurring series with host Chris Shipman, where we introduce him to 40k factions one at a time. And once you're all caught up with that, check out all the rest of his amazing interviews on your favorite podcasting site today. Welcome to Geeks of Grimdark, your home for everything Warhammer, be they Elves or Eldar, Space Marines or Stormcast, we've got you covered. I'm Lord Prince Ulrich, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. And I just realized I'm using the wrong intro for this, but I don't care, we're going to roll ahead anyways. That's fine, we're only not professional at all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there are dozens of openings, you don't care, this is for our bookkeeping, not yours. And our own personal sense of continuity, but go on. Ah, putting all that aside, how's it going today, man? I'm tired. I'm very tired. I uh, I was working on my gate. I haven't finished yet. I was hoping to finish it today, but I did ran out of time. So I came in, to, like I was out in my yard in the heat working. And I I came in, got a drink, and sat down to record. So I'm I'm still pretty hot right now and recording without a shirt, which feels trashy. But fuck it, I was working. So. And no one can see you. Exactly. I don't know why. Maybe it's where my brain space is at. I've been on a history kick lately. But you said gate, and I imagine you laying the stones for your giant astral bridge. No, I wish. Uh, no, just a, just a wooden carport in my fence. So. Yeah, no, I get that. But it's just so much more fun to imagine the epic fantasy. It's like, oh, that'd make building projects so much more fun. Yeah. But then I think about the actual real logistics. I'm like, okay, I want the fantasy version of that, where I'm just lugging around logs, and all of a sudden, boom, my fortress appears. Uh, season two of Vinland Saga. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you you really do need to watch that. Get get past that opening thing. Anyway. No, I will. It looks fun. And I, I've been on a serious history kick lately, and it's like, you know what? I need it's other historical things fiction. to do this. So that i mean it's literally about the invasion of the danes into england in the 11th century so and costuming wasn't atrocious so i'll give them that which someday we will do an episode on that bullshit yeah i also have chicken here that i've eaten half of and i've bagged it for after we're done recording to eat the rest and on wednesdays axel eats chicken on wednesdays and thursdays i eat a lot of chicken because i'm trying to keep my red meat intake down because there's heart disease in my family and soon i'm going to start a regular cardio workout regimen because my my work is moving warehouses and the new warehouse is going to have a built-in gym so i'm just going to start doing like treadmill stuff an hour a day after work it's not bad yeah so lower red meat higher exercise is the goal but and yeah, chicken I, is cheap well it is mostly cheap as a meat yeah so i eat a lot of chicken also, so I started snoring uh, a while back, and my girlfriend is annoyed as hell by it. So we've been trying to find solutions, and we finally found one that works. I found this, like, snore MD thing that you put in your mouth, and that, it, I don't know, it works, and I feel good about that. So, cause I, I was very self-conscious about snoring. I hate, because my, my old stepdad, when I was younger, he snored like a lawnmower, and I would hear the fighting that it would cause. So, like, it... I know. I have trauma response. <laughs> <laughs> Common marital issue. Yeah. Anyway, I'm way off topic, but I'm dizzy and dazed, so you go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to roll us right into our patron sound off, a.k.a. the Illustrious Legion, the people that support this podcast and not only keep it coming to you, but keep it absolutely free. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Crook, Arthur Crane, Kevin Bay, Brendan Andrew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Dota Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Mel, Scott Rubin, Derek Tukai, and Peter Cook. 
Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geekswithshields for the low, low, low cost of 25 cents an episode, a dollar an episode. You get early access to all our content and you make sure that we continue to produce this top-notch quality entertainment. Yeah, and this is a bolter, since we didn't actually say it, that has the possibility of extending to a heavy bolter, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go and see where this goes. Anyway, this is a topic that in our Discord, because if you didn't know and you're listening to this, we have a Discord. It's a fun place to go. You that, should be there. It's fun. Yeah, we have a lot of conversations there instead of on Twitter. <laughs> and But we have a, we're having a conversation with someone who knows Age of Sigmar a little bit more than us, and they were talking about the Stormcast Eternals and how the Stormcast Eternals actually are similar and dissimilar to the Space Marines, because it's a common thing in the Warhammer community to say Stormcasts are just fantasy Space Marines. Honestly, oh, it's the inverse. The Age of Sigmar fans are so quick, like, they are nothing like Space Marines. They have nothing in common. That is just your base 40k brain telling you that they are similar. Which, at least know, that's the response I get. I think Stormcasts are really cool. I like them a lot, but I think ignoring the obvious similarities between them is disingenuous. <laughs> yes, that's where I'm like, like, listen, they got differences. But they connect a lot more than people are willing to say. Yeah. Now, admittedly, I'm still kind of on board the whole the Imperium is closer to Skavendom when it comes to comparing 40k and fantasy. But Stormcast are are the Space Marine equivalent. Come on, let's be real here. Yeah, and one of the things that someone pointed out is, no, Stormcast are different because they don't have a chapter equivalent. And but someone they kind of do, apparently. Got the Storm Hosts, which is their ones. So... One of our uh, Discord members, Fred the Dino, made me this handy-dandy guide of all the major sword hosts and just a quick rundown of them. And then I went on a lore deep dive and found the parallels in the Space Marine chapters. I will say that I'm looking at this list that Ulrich has, and it's, for the most part, not a one-to-one. He's got one storm host, and then he's put a handful of chapters, for most of them, that could probably fit depending on perspective. So, again, it's not a, you know, a mirror, but there are parallels, is the point. Yeah, my point was to go, no, even your, your structure is have, like, okay, no, there's uh, versions of this in Space Marines. You're, you're not that different. So that's what we're going to do here. Since we don't have too much knowledge of Age of Sigmar, I don't expect this conversation to go that deep, but we're just going to go through this list, we're going to talk about it for anyone who's curious about what parallels there might be, and we're going to structure it by going with the Stormhost and then what Ulrich's research found about them, okay? Yes. Now, if you want to get mad and say, that's not how that Stormhost is represented, then join our Discord and yell at Fred because he's the one that gave me this list. Honestly, all Stormcasts kind of look the same. Dude. Ooh, eh. I, I just think that I'm not, that neither one of us have gotten deep enough into Age of Sigmar yet to have that distinction. But I have not seen color there, there's distinctions. There's also that. Yeah, I will say, though, that I've not seen, well, because I haven't, I was going to say, I haven't seen color distinctions in uh, Stormhost pictures, or Stormcast internal pictures. But at the same time, that's also true of Space Marines for the most part. I only know different yes. color Space Marines because I know players. And, yes, and that's a whole other separate issue we may have to talk about in an episode at some point. All right, but let's get into it with the first Stormcast or Storm host. We believe that's the right term. 
here, and which I'll the the list here says it's called the Hammers of Sigmar, and I'll go ahead and read the the Stormhost parts, and then Ulrich can go into the lore what he what he researched. So the Hammers of Sigmar are listed here as the poster boys, girls, and non-binaries of the Stormcast Eternals. They have the same thing going for them that like most poster armies do, as in they are kind of a jack of all trades, good at like kind of most things, and they tend to be the most lauded, most pushed forward, most successful, maybe most represented uh, in the lore kind of storm host, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and uh, the most obvious parallel to that is Ultramarines. Yeah, I mean, do we really have to explain that one? Well, there's an irony of Ultramarines colors typically are blue, gold, and white, and Hammers of Sigmar are also blue, gold, and white. Just in a different ratio, because... Yep. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about that, because I, I, I didn't associate gold and white, but now that you said, I, I can think of a lot of, like, lieutenants and commanders and stuff in the Ultramarines who have gold and white. Yeah, well, second company is gold trim, first company's white trim, you know, auto gold and white on spit this poster the typical ultramarines you're going to see on box art okay. uh can't really go deep here because if you know 40k you know the ultramarines they are this the pinnacle legion they are the face of the company for better or worse which means i would guess if you're seeing official merchandise of age of sigmar that has a storm uh, storm stormcast eternal on it that's gonna trip my tongue up every time it's probably a hammer of sigmar yep so that's the easy one-to-one. -one. I didn't have to go very deep. All right, so I next... tried to find other factions within, you know, Space Marines that fit the jack-of-all-trades group. But it's like, that's that's a very broad one to go off of. Because there's a lot to kind of slot into that niche. All right, next we have a Stormhost called the Hallowed Knights that are created from the souls of particularly religious individuals. So much so that even Sigmar, who was a mortal who became a god, he's kind of weirded out by them. And, and how devoted they are. They're also apparently more overtly aggressive. I mean, considering they're all weapons of war, that's that's saying something if they're seen as aggressive by other uh, storm hosts. And they basically never stop crusading. Like, there's no downtime for their crusade against chaos like there might be for other storm hosts. Yeah, this one was pretty easy because there's a lot of religious fanatic space marine chapters. But come on, there's uh, one that stands out, though. Well, yes, the most obvious one was Black Templars, who literally operate in crusade fleets and have crusader squads, and it's just Teutonic Knights all the way down yeah, as their motif. And uh, I always love the quote from Bricky that Black Templars are, if you only prayed three times a day, then you're going to start praying at that airlock. Yeah, no, the religious fanatics, everyone knows them, but this is one where I kind of got to dig a little bit deeper and have some fun. Have you ever heard of any of these other chapters? I have not. He's got three other chapters listed here, none of which, well, the last one I've heard of, but I don't know anything about. So next up is the Red Scorpions, a very controversial kind of uh, Space Marine chapter. Okay. They're a Forge World, they started, they're, they're, they got their start as a Forge World army that's now kind of largely been disappeared. Uh -huh. But uh, they're kind of Nazis. Ah, okay. Like super genetic purity, mutation is a sin against the God Emperor. Well, you know, it's really Those... funny because me and you have always been... We have not hid the fact that the, the Imperium in 40k is very obviously fascist. Like, yes. on purpose. That is the point. That being said, Space Marines tend to be a little disconnected from that. Uh, that's mostly, like, the Imperial Navy and the Inquisition and stuff. That's, like, that's where a lot of the particularly fascist imagery is located. The Space Marines have it, but it's usually a lot smaller 
in comparison. So yeah. he- hearing you say that there's this chapter that's a lot more overt about it, it makes sense. Oh, they're just all about the purity of humanity and the purity of themselves, and they won't work with other space marine chapters that have a slightly mutated gene seed, and they're nut jobs. I mean, I'm not hearing the comparison to Hollow Knights from this description, but... Well, it's just, again, these are our very religious individuals weirdly into it like it's all backed up by and this is the god emperor's will okay what about the hammers of dorn oh hammers of dorn are fun because they're like dorn hated chaos we hate chaos we're gonna smash and burn fucking everything okay just like show up fire and fury and the sons of the phoenix uh sons of the phoenix so the sons of the phoenix are interesting because everything about them says uh they are founded from Emperor's children. I mean, literally, that's what I thought when I saw that. Like, it's, it's it's purple and gold. They're a very ornate Space Marine chapter. They're one of the first Primaris chapters, which have... Oh, they claim, oh, no, we're, we're sons of uh, Dorn, 100% Imperial Fist stock. And it's like, yeah, but you're very over-the-top. Uh, again, very much big and crusading, Sidebar, very much in spreading the Emperor's will. I love the concept of loyalists descended from traitor Primarchs. Like, that's why I don't care if they ever prove it or not, but to me, Blood Ravens are, they're from the, the Thousand Suns. They're from Magnus. Yep. No, these ones, it's just kind of, because, like, even in the books, like, Call, Gilman told Call, no, no drawing, uh chapters from the legions that went traitor and call was like oh don't worry i won't and then everyone was like but he totally did wink wink yeah no these guys are really cool they fly big on flying around in spaceships and making grandiose entrances again all in the spirit of the emperor okay so let's see next we have the celestial vindicators for our next storm host which are i, I the list the, the bullet point here says they're angry they're just very, very angry. They're very, very murder, murder, kill, kill, melee. Which is a... Is that lady that's, like, very obviously Age of Sigmar Celestine, is she Celestial Vindicator? I thought she was. I don't know. I don't know. But Maybe. I haven't looked into her lore. I just remember reading a little bit about her. But anyway, go on. Yeah, again, this one was kind of interesting and kind of easy because, like, oh, the angry space marines... No, I will not be talking about either the Angry Marines or the the other dumb meme chapter. Oh, okay. There's just a chapter that's whole thing is they're dickheads, and lol, isn't it funny? All right, but what are you uh, talking about? I'm going to talk about the most obvious one, the Flesh Terrors, who Who are they descended from? They are descended from the Blood Angels. Blood Angels, They that believe sense. that the Black Rage is a gift from Sanguinius. Oh, and that gosh. it should be leaned into. Uh, they had a big dust up over Primaris because when Primaris were originally introduced to them, they're like, those aren't true sons of uh, Sanguinius. They don't have, you know, his gift of the Black Rage. And they were ready to, you know, fight and die till the end and go out, you know, holding true to their principles. But Games Workshop decided they wanted to keep him around. So I they see. also retconned it. Oh, no, they do have the Black Rage. And now... The Flesh Terrors love their Primaris brethren. But they're really cool because they were literally fighting, you know, a last stand because they do Berserker charges and refuse to retreat. I still think they should have had at least one event that was a civil war between Firstborn and Primaris, but all right. <laughs> yeah, another one to sideline because I do think there's a lot of narrative interest there. 
Anyway, okay, so Flesh Terrors, Blood Angels, who like the Black Rage, that gets the angry, angry murder melee. I have heard about the next two, but I don't actually know anything about them. I just heard them a lot in conversations. Uh, the Minotaurs? So, these are, it's now been 99.9% converted. This is the Space Marine chapter owned by the High Lords of Terra. Okay. Any idea where they come from, where their stock comes from? So, there well, there was an accident, and the original Minotaurs were lost in the warp. By the way, I hate they, having to use that language, but I'm just trying to say what Primark they, do they descend from. Anyway, go yeah, on. Yeah, I'll circle back to that one. And then this new Legion or chapter reappeared with all the new best stuff at full capacity and set out to kill any Space Marine chapter that dared go against the Imperium. Oh, so a Space Marine uh, hunting Space Marine chapter. Yes. They showed up at the Badab War, which is a big Space Marine civil war, and there is a kill on sight order from Arneas Calgar for all Ultramarines if they see the Minotaurs. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, there's serious bad blood between them. They are, like I said, 99.9% confirmed of this is the High Lord's personal Space Marine chapter. Oh, the Dick High Lords, I'm guessing, specifically. Yes, because there's no way there's no way uh, Trajus or or Vol would be okay with that. <laughs> yes, no, this is the one because they just like seem to show up on Terra, guarding very specific places that the High Lords might not want people. And again, they disappeared, and then all of a sudden came back at full strength with all the new best toys. That's so weird because that means because Space Marines generally don't see the High Lords as very important comparatively. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're very tied to the Inquisition. The theory is that, you know, the High Lords saw an opportunity when the old chapter disappeared to step in and go, and this is ours. Okay, okay. So... Uh, they are believed to be a chimeric chapter. Oh, made from, like, multiple genes? Yes. The theory is World Eaters and Night Lords. So two different heretic uh, genes. Yes. And two of the most hardcore ones, too. Yes. Ooh, okay. okay. They're all about that close combat, rend, burn, kill. All right, what about the Karcharodons? Now, I will say, I do know a little bit, because Karcharodons are the, the shark ones. Their imagery is all... The Karcharodons are the space sharks, yeah. Yeah, they have all the shark imagery, and there used to be a really stupid lore thing where, like, they, they turn their skin into cartilage or something. Their bones turn to cartilage because of their gene seed. Yeah, but that got retcon as far as i know yeah uh these guys love boarding actions they love close combat they love chain axes all right and then we have they love mixing it up we have the executioners i mean that name yeah. sounds like that falls in what we're talking about <laughs> so oh real the, quick karcharodons where are they descended from so the karcharodons i want to ask that are, for everyone that i don't know so the karcharodons are believed to be the descendant of the so when Korax got his legion from the Emperor, uh-huh. he exiled all of the Terranborn Marines to like the deepest, darkest, worst part of the galaxy and said, go fight until there's no more of you. So we think that they're, uh, uh, why can I think it? Ra- Raven? Raven Guard, yeah. Raven Guard. They, I, think, I was thinking Raven Lord. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> they are believed to be descendants of those guys that just fought on the fringe of the galaxy and survived. Okay, like just the most hardened, angry. And the executioners? Uh, the executioners are an imperial fist. Okay. Uh, chapter. Their specialty is close range firefights and hand to hand combat. All right, and then the last one you have here is the black dragons. Which is that salamanders? Yes. Okay. Better be with a name like black dragons. Well, you're gonna love the black dragons. So the black dragons have a genetic mutation that makes them sprout bony blades from their forearms. Okay. 
some Baraka and they, shit. Exactly. And then they coat that in metal. And again, not all of them, but enough of them. It's their thing. And they use this for close combat. Now, ironically, every time their gene seed is submitted for, you know, inspection for mutation or taint, it comes back 100% pure. Really? Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's probably Vulcan's like effect since you know it could be that it could be maybe it is pure and this is like no no this was engineered at some point Hmm. but yeah they're really cool they just have giant you know silver arm blades that they stab people with okay so those are celestial vindicators references our next storm host are called the anvils of heldenhammer that's a cool word i feel like i'm saying i can't help but say it in an accent uh anyway the the list here is that they're Super ancient souls pulled out of the afterlifes of Shyish for their experience. That they're super organized, but super grouchy. And in fact, that this they're very creepy and it has they're they're like they have an aura that has physical effects on those around them. By the way, if you're listening to this and you don't know, uh storm hosts have a literal like they die, then their souls are reforged into being storm hosts. Anyway. Think dreadnoughts. But more more literal. <laughs> anyway, continue. So what's our... I recognize, well, two of the ones you have listed here, then two of them I don't recognize. Yep. So I'll start with the first one, the Doom Eagles. They are super morbid, super into death and the inevitability of death. They take trophies of, you know, their vic- uh, people that have lost and the skulls of those that have fallen. And they have a giant obelisk tower, which they store them all. They're very much like, yeah, death is inevitable in this universe. But they are also descended from the Ultramarines, so they are super fucking organized about it. Okay. And then you have the Imperial Fists, which are actually a you know a first founding chapter. That's first founding, yep. Uh, these are the guys whose greatest gene trait is they're too damn stubborn. Well, it's funny because I've always said that from the one book I've read that has Roald Dorn in it, I got the impression that D- Dorn and the Fists in general have just as much anger as the World Eaters. They just built an entire persona around keeping that shit in check, which is why they're all about, like, defensive shit and keeping, like, bottled up. Oh, there's very much that, but they're also just the stubborn ones. They... Like, Doran had to lose half his legion before he thought, okay, maybe Gilliman's onto something with his codex. <laughs> All right, so Imperial Fists are, are pretty standard. Uh, what are the Death Spectres? The Death Spectres are this super, literally kind of creepy legion. Like, they're all about stealth and getting in and out, but something about them makes people around them uncomfortable. Oh, and Descendants... Uh, well, Doom Eagles and Death Spectres, where are they come uh, from? Doom Eagles and the Ultramarines. Ultra, that's how you said that, okay. Death Spectres are unknown. Unknown. All right, continue. But here is their battle cry. Fear not death, we who embody it in his name. All right, sounds right. That's a sick, I love that, that's such a sick battle cry. But yeah, they're, they're just this kind of creepy, it's believed to be Raven Guard. They sound death culty. They are very death culty. This is kind of this the gloom and doom. Like I said, they're believed to be Raven Guard, but there is some contention over it. Like, anytime you get outside the core ones, there's always contention. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I'm curious. And then you've got the Iron Hands, which are another founding. Yep. Again, machine, machine, machine. Flesh is weak. If we fall, we are like cogs, and we do this, then this, and this, we will have success. Very, and very inhuman. Like, they strip out more and more of their literal humanity as they rank up. Okay, so our next storm host is called the Knights Excelsior. The What I have listed here says, the break glass in case someone especially needs to die, storm host. Imagine putting the 40k Inquisition into Age of Sigmar, and you have these guys. 
probably the most Space Marine-like host of them all. It's funny, because when I think of the break glass, in case someone especially needs to die, I think of the, the uh, Assassinorum, but... Yeah, this is if you want to make a statement about it, though. Fair. I mean, I would say Eversaurs make a statement, but go on. <laughs> yeah, this one was real simple. It's uh, the Minotaurs and the Carcharodons, because the Minotaurs have literally wiped out, you know rogue chapters before and the carcarodons are also again the other they were they're also long theorized to be maybe descended from loyalist war leaders maybe descended from loyalist night lords yeah and since we already discussed them we don't have to stick around here too yeah these are just you know cry havoc let's flip the dogs of war and they just fuck everything up all right so next we have the celestial war bringers as a storm host pulled from the souls of magically sensitive or straight-up magical people. So they have a lot of mages, and they have a propensity to see the future. This seems obvious to me, but go on. Yeah, uh, first one up is the Blood Ravens, the Space Marine chapter with more librarians than any other Space Marine chapter. Which is why they're almost certainly the descendants of Loyalist Thousand Sons. Oh, wait until you get to uh, the books about the... Blood, uh, not the Blood Ravens, Magnus the Red in Heresy, and they're just like, their one's got a bird with a blood drop on his armor. I yeah. wonder what that means. And the Blood Ravens don't know who their Primarch is. It's really yes. more like, no, some of them know, but they just don't accept it. <laughs> yeah, well, Games Workshop doesn't want to get into legalese on that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, totally. Because the Blood Ravens were not an originally like made for the, the, they were made in a game. Like yep. a video game originally, so meaning they might not own the rights if they do the whole. Yeah, no, there's a whole bunch of weird legalese that it, it's not concrete, but it's concrete enough that Games Workshop is like, we're never just going to say. Yeah, but there's two things Blood Ravens are known for: one, having all the fucking magic. So again, probably Thousand Sons, and two, and this is a meme, but it's a meme I really like because they were in a video game, and that video game was like, all right, this chapter has to be our representation for all Space Marines, so we're gonna give them a bunch of artifacts from other Space Marine chapters as cool, like, hey, you get this in this video game, but that means that they have a reputation among the fan community of being fucking thieves and taking artifacts from other chapters. It, it is weird they have so much stuff from other chapters. It's like, it could be explained of, well, they don't know who theirs is, so they couldn't have, you know, artifacts descended from. But when it's shit like the Mace of Dorn, like, I'm pretty sure at least one, you know, chapter that's descended from the Imperial Fist would like to have that in their reliquy. Yeah, so we, so we call them thieving magpies, and I will not give up that meme because it makes me personally giggle. <laughs> uh, next up is probably one you haven't heard of called the Silver Skulls. Yeah, I haven't heard of the Silver Skulls. They are descended from the Ultramarines, okay. and before they go into any battle, they draw what's called the Emperor's Tarot. Oh, so they're uh, future readers, yeah. Yes, and if the outlook of the battle looks good, they go ahead and fight. If the outlook for the battle looks bad, they will not engage. And most of the time it works out in their favor. Huh, okay. Well, I mean, like, they... it really does seem that they have a strong sense of... Oh, they're also big into, you know, reading the omens and shit. They're very superstitious. Well, I mean, they live in a galaxy where the warp does exist, so they're kind of... It's less superstition when there's actual reality supports it, you know? Yeah, the only real thing is their uh, sigil is the same sigil as the Iron Warriors. Really? It's a big silver skull. Huh, okay. But they're ultramarine descendants. Uh, what about the exorcists? Oh, the exorcists are awesome. 
I refuse the new canon, so I will only recite the old canon on this one. The Exorcists are the only known successor chapter to the Grey Knights. I Yeah, I wasn't aware that Grey Knights even had... By the way, Grey Knights are the other thing he has listed here, so we can talk with them together. So the Exorcists get possessed by a demon and then have the demon exorcised from them, and now they are the foremost best demon fighters because of it. Like, they know how the demons' minds work, and they know how to fight the demons on their levels. I feel like I need to hear more about that. Like, I feel The like... Exorcists are really cool. They're not a lot on them. Games Workshop recently tried to retcon them into being descended from Imperial Fists, and they use their stubbornness to resist demonic you know, possession rather than being descended of the most fucking powerful psychers in the universe. Huh. And everyone said, that's dumb. You're just doing that because you haven't made Primaris units for Grey Knights yet. So, okay. and it's true. It's exactly what it is. They and... wanted to have Primaris for the Exorcists. Grey Knights don't have Primaris. So they just said, oh, you're not Grey Knights anymore. You're now Imperial Fists. But I'm well, sorry, they're Grey Knights. It is funny because Grey Knights, despite... Being space marines, I don't think of Grey Knights as space marines. They feel like nope. a separate thing entirely to me. Yep, but no, it's just cool because it's like this Inquisition project. They took their most powerful psychers, they copied their gene seed, and they made it into regular line infantry that, you know, know the demons personally. And then, as we mentioned, Grey Knights, if you don't know Grey Knights, they're essentially all psychers. They are... The, the idea is that for every, what, for every thousand uh, guardsmen, you get one space marine, and for every yes. thousand space marine, you get one gray knight. Like Yeah, the most incredibly powerful battle psychers, they fight demon primarchs, they fight demons, they are your break glass emergency. Really cool. Yeah, they also happen to know, like, demon names. And they There's a big yeah. thing about demon names that's really cool, because I'm a fan of Patrick Rothfuss's Kingkiller Chronicles, so the idea of, like, names having power is really cool to me. Yeah, and that kind of goes into the exorcists of, like, they can fight these demons because they're like, you possessed me once, I know your name. Alright, so our next storm host are called the Tempest Lords, and the bullet point here says, What I'd like to think happened to the Bretonians. Basically, these are souls of diplomats and strategists. They are fancy boys, and they like flying, and flying things. Yeah, so this one... Again, kind of the obvious immediate comparison is Ultramarine. They are the fucking strategists of the Warhammer universe. They manage 500 worlds, and it functions in a world, in a universe where shit does not function. Okay, and you've also got Blood Angels, which we've talked about a bit, and Dark Angels. So, I guess elaborate on both those. Yeah, uh, Blood Angels, very ornate, kind of, you know, big into the, you know, the diplomats. Um... I always get the impression they that are, angels are ornate mostly because they're just aping kind of a Count Dracula kind of Yes, story. it's very much that. Uh, but also, they rule over their homeworld of Ball pretty well. I mean, salamanders could almost also be included in this because they live amongst their people. Yeah, but Dark Angels, I feel like more than the other two, and my knowledge of Dark Angels is currently in a expansion, but I could see that as like the diplomat and strategist kind of thing. But, they're very they're, they're terrible diplomats, but they are incredible strategists. Like well, they're terrible diplomats because they don't tell anyone what they're up to. Okay, that's fair. I admit my my opinion is really colored by the fact that I still think of Lionel Johnson as Tywin Lannister, and then that extends yeah. from that. So. No, again, very good strategists. Good, you know, win rate during the heresy. Uh, also, again, not diplomats, but they do have to fancy. Everyone's wearing cloaks. Whole lot of cloaks. I do wonder where they're getting all the material to make that many cloaks. but I don't know, but they're all hooded, and that's awesome. Yeah. 
All right, our our last storm host, which he has, Ulrich has five chapters like that. But anyway, the the storm host is called the Astral Templars. They are pulled from the souls of. This says Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Basically, they're the premier monster hunters. Okay. Oh no, that's gotta be what the Celestine uh, Age of Sigmar lady is because I read her lore is that she was like the greatest monster hunter. And anyway, whatever. Okay, Astral Templar, they're monster hunters go on yeah so this one i was surprised at how many options fit this of space marine chapters that are one part conan the barbarian one part monster hunter i mean my first thought that seems obvious is one of the ones you have here is the space wolves yeah no the space wolves are 100 percent. these are space vikings everything about that aesthetic is vikingology with a heavy helping of wolf that Maybe we'll balance out with Primaris. We don't know. But they also get that real hunter kind of vibe. Oh, they do. They have some, like, they're they're gray hunters and lone hunters, and they talk about hunting on their own and pack mentality and working together as a pack to bring down bigger prey. Yeah, of the other four you have here, I only know, I only recognize one of them, so go on. So, uh, Storm Wardens, which is one of the chapters of Space Marines I almost got when I was first getting together, but that would have meant freehanding all their sigils and doing quite a bit of green stuff, sculpting, because this is Space Scotland, basically. (laughs) I see why it appealed to you. They, so when a uh, recruit is chosen to go off and become a Space Marine, his family gives him the Ancestral Sword, which is a big-ass broadsword. He will carry this sword all the way from his scout days on up to his, you know, fighting in the chapter days. Uh, kind of superstitious, like the uh, Silver Skulls. They rely on the Emperor's Tarot. But they are also very big on getting into close combat and using their big-ass swords and fighting at close combat and finding the biggest challenge. These are kind of like a second take on Space Wolves that has yet to really be developed, but they're really kind of cool because they live on this craggy misty storm-wracked planet and it's an entire chapter that wields big-ass swords and what about the mantis warriors the mantis warriors are such a sad sad story okay they uh picked the wrong side in the bad app war realized it and then were like we want to make up for it so the inquisition sent them on a penitent crusade to fight the tyranids Ooh. and they were reduced to such numbers that they are now considered a dying chapter ah a uh, really cool thing about them, there's something fucked up about their gene seed that makes them hyper-focus on whatever their target is, and it makes them faster, the reaction time is faster, but they cannot do anything else until they achieve that goal. Oh, uh, who are they descended from? Uh, Mantis Warriors are unknown. And the Storm Wardens? Uh, also unknown. Okay, so then next you have... Sites oh, of... sorry. I read that I read wrong. Mantis warriors are said to be sent from white scars. White scars. Okay, I'm glad to hear to see representation there. What about the sites of the emperor? Ah, uh, the sites of the emperor are really cool. Um, their big thing again. They, they are known because <laughs> they got fucking rolled over by a high fleet kraken. Ah, more like tyranids. their their home world was just hanging out, and all of a sudden, here comes some tyranids. Yep, they come to Nom. And they basically got destroyed, like just wiped out to the last. Who are they descended from? From Ultramarines. Ultramarines, all right. But with the infusion of Primaris to, you know, kind of build them, they're like, all right, let's fuck over those Tyranids. 
So we've got, when we're attaching, you're applying Monster Hunter here to We Fight Tyranids. I'm sorry, Tyranids are the biggest monsters in the universe. I mean, I'm not disagreeing, I'm just pointing out that, is that also true of the last chapter you have here, the Emperor's Spears? No, the Emperor's Spears are way more, well, the Emperor's Spears are fucking fascinating. How so? So take Iron Age, post-Rome Britain. Okay. And mix in a little bit of other tribes from, you know, Europe. Okay. And they are out here on the very free. They are on the Dark Imperium side. Ah, poor left bastards. to their own. Literally, their world has remnants of what it was like when it was a former, you know, ultramarine world. But it's all kind of sunken into. It's literally old Rome. They live in the ruins of old Rome. Mm, okay. And they are fighting a war. I won't spoil who it is, but against a chaos space marine renegade chapter called the chimera okay and they are locked in a death struggle with them because they don't have the resources they don't have the numbers and who are they descended from uh they're descended from ultramarines ultramarines okay and their battle cry is redden the earth redden the earth that's i like the simplicity of that they they do almost like this it's i I don't want to say they have like a battle ritual before they go in but they're all about just fighting to the last and they are literally fighting monsters all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the list and puts us at around 40 minutes. So heavy so bolter we are. Heavy bolter. But no, this was fun to me to kind of dig in and go, okay, here are the obvious choices, but how deep in the lore can I go to find, you know, lesser known chapters? It was basically just an excuse to talk about a bunch of chapters and storm hosts to share them. <laughs> well, it was also a personal challenge of I didn't want it, you know, to feel like a reach. It's like, okay, I want it to at least have one tentative connective point. And I personally feel... I did pretty good one-to-one there for most of those. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, we do need more monsters in the universe that aren't just Tyranids. But, hey, you know, maybe maybe uh, Fabius Biles could get something really special up. Or, you know, more Tau Auxiliaries. Oh, dude, that'd be, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, give me my greater Narlac. Come on. <laughs> or just Narlac. invent some stuff. Just like, hey, we found this scary shit in the uh, deepest, darkest parts of the, imper- of the uh, galaxy. And they want to work for us because they hate you. All right, well, feel free to take us in the outro, whatever. All right, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things that, you know, podcasts have to do to continue to live. And whatever platform you're currently listening to this on, thanks for doing that. If there's some other platform you want us to be on, tell us about it and we'll look into it. As always, this has been Lord Commander Auric. And his shield brother, Axel Ray. Until next time, may the dice roll in your favor.